0: Welcome to My Age Podcast, a podcast that brings you conversations with people from all walks of life, using music to plot a course from their early years to how they got to where they are now. Alrighty, straight off the bat, last month's episode was fucking monstrous. Thank you for everybody for listening, if it was your first time, if it was your 30-somethingth time, you know, or any time in between that, um, hopefully there's a few more listeners, um, kind of... People are definitely going back through the uh, the archives to dig out old hits from the uh, from yesteryear, um, which is always fun. I always really dig that, you know, seeing what kind of what people dig. If you haven't, if this is your first time listening to this, then welcome. Um, and again, if it's your thirty something time listening to this one, welcome back. Uh, if you haven't listened to them before, go back. I'm sure, like if you're listening to today's guest, I'm sure there's a plethora. Of uh, musicians slash artists um, from older episodes that you would get down with, uh, yeah, I guess that's that's the that's the bit. Oh, I thank thank you for everyone who donated last month. It was again, it was fantastic. I really appreciate it. Um, you you send way too much, and it's always appreciated. It doesn't cover the bills, but it is what it is. Thank you, and and you know, I don't expect it to cover the bills, but it's nice when it kind of sometimes does. Um, Well look what else is there Uh, The shows we did Well so the tie in with this episode is It's with Cameron Baines from uh, Body Jar If you haven't already seen Well you would have seen the title That's a bit silly to assume you haven't Um, Cola Wars he played in And Dad Religion Which you know it's, It's a band full of dads Who play old punk covers Yeah we did this and we recorded this episode about half an hour before, oh, you know, in the lead up to my new band, Through Being Cool, uh, playing with Jar in 28 Days at uh, the Entrance Leagues Club, I think it was it, uh, on the Central Coast. Um, if you turn up to those shows, thanks for hanging out, hope you enjoyed it. Um, the response was huge, way better than what I thought it was going to be, which... I don't know what that means. It doesn't mean much. It just means we got lucky. But um, yeah, people dug it and we're halfway through recording it if you consider, you know, the drums, the bass, the guitars and the vocals being all a quarter of it each. Um, we've done all the drums. We did all the drums. Dave and Beth, from the last episode, uh, banged the drums out in not too long. It didn't take too long at all, actually. Um, we did six six originals and a, and a cover um, the cover's gonna be something different that, um, something comical, something, you know, bonus content for, for something, I don't know what it's gonna be, for, but, um, we're in the process of doing guitars at the moment, so we did get drums, we did, then I did bass, um, over a few, you know, evenings, um, just kind a little one or two hour spurts here and there, and then, yeah, Trent's part of me in the process of laying down guitars now, so that's fun, uh, what else is there? Um, but that's about it, you know. That's about it for the moment. Um, a whole bunch of guests lined up, or kind of yeah. It's if I only do one a month, I'm pretty, I'm pretty set till you know for for a while now, which is great. But um, I don't want to you know rest on that. So hopefully you know I'll be able to do. There'll be a couple months towards the you know a couple months. There'll be two guests, so mid a mid month and then end of the month, so that should be fun. But um, that definitely won't be a habit. I think the line the stars just lined up with um everything there, and uh, I got lucky. Um, and December is always hard because people are so fucking busy. So I'll probably just do another December episode of well, three episodes of you know greatest hits throughout the year or whatever. Anyhow, we'll see what happens when we get to that. Um, if you like what you hear. Feel free to go to uh, paypal.me.me slash myagepodcast. Send me a buck, send me whatever. Whatever you feel like this content is worth, um, all the money I put into it goes back into keeping this baby afloat. Um, and then any profits. Not that I've made any profits at all, but um, the plan is that when I start, you know, exceeding the break-even point, um, I'll donate the money to a uh, to a homeless charity um, the station which Dave Immers, former guest of the podcast, uh, put, put a lot of people onto when they um, when his band at the time, uh, Vigilante, uh, donated proceeds from, I think it was all their, a percentage of their merch, oh, sorry, a percentage of merch that they sold went towards, um, yeah, the station who were, you know, look into it, I'll post links if you're interested or you can hit me up and I can give you details. Um, yeah, so saying that, Cameron Baines Look, this is This this wasn't going to be like a two-parter But it just blew out Like, it's he's one of those guys Where you realise You know, fuck, he's been doing it For that long And we spoke and spoke And spoke, and we kind of Only got up to the part where they Became Somewhat mainstream popular Like when we kind of started talking about No Touch Red, like the recording process of it, but then nothing after it. Um, and no, Tru- no Touch Red was, you know, that was around the time when Australian punk rock got noticed, like in a big way um, by, I guess, international bands, so like them and The Living End and Friends of Rome, who'd probably already been doing a bunch of stuff anyhow, like kind of everyone, it just looked like there was a lot of focus on Australia or whatever. So, you know, and that was, I think, 99, maybe, 98. So there's still 20 years of conversation to have with Cam. So we decided we'd split it up into two parts. Um, the second part we'll do at a later date. But yeah, cool. Hope you enjoy this. Um, again, my age, uh, sorry, paypal.me slash my age podcast. Uh, follow us on the socials. Go back and listen to an episode. Pick up someone's phone and. You know, subscribe to the podcast on their podcast app of choice, whatever it may be. Um, tell someone about it, you know, that's always cool. Um, if you dig it, chances are a couple of your mates are going to dig it. Um, and yeah, enjoy. Cool. All right, My age Podcast, um, episode 34. With me right now, I've got the, you know... I don't want to call him the king of, one of the kings of Australian punk rock because that's kind of weird, but um, it's Cam Baines, by the way, from Body Just. So just, what's up, Cam?
1: Hey, how's it going? Thank you for having um, me on, on your show.
0: Thank you for you know, giving me the time. Um, <laughs> let's, just, let's just jump head first in. So, yeah, cool. Tell us about the early years. Yeah, parents. Like your early coming years. out of the birth
1: canal kind of thing. Pretty
0: much like what kind of day was it? No. Like yeah, like what we what we parents Box Hill Hospital Box Hill was. Hospital?
1: A flea from Red Hot Chili Peppers was born there as well. There you go. Cuz he's a Melbourne boy to lose he, he is, he yeah. is. Yeah. Um what did they yeah. do?
0: Like were they musical?
1: Um not really. My brother and sister played piano, but my mum and dad weren't musical, but they pushed us in a musical direction. Okay. And um and uh, my brother used to sing a lot. Do they push you because it was like a I'm, they wish they had a done Yeah, it. maybe. Yeah. It was mainly my mum. Okay. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure why. I'm not. It was really weird. My brother and sister were doing um, piano lessons and I wasn't doing really anything. But then they pushed me and I, I s- sang, in, sing, sang in like the school choir for a little while. Okay. This was probably primary school sort of time. Yeah. Um, And then broke away from it and didn't do anything for a while. And then my brother and sister, we had a piano in our house. I never learnt it. I never... I, wish, I sort of wish I did because it's one of those instruments that's... Really good for writing songs on. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And I never really picked it up. I never took the technical side of it like my sister did. She's a singing teacher now and she did, oh, all, wow. okay. did all her piano theory and like she got a scholarship to the Melbourne Conservatorium of Music and like and she's a bit of a genius. And, um, yeah. But I wasn't, I never picked that up and I, I sort of picked up skateboarding instead. Okay. I think that sort of got in the way of all that, you know? Yeah. So that would have been grade six, you know? Yeah, six. So uh, up until then, I yeah, hadn't had much.
0: Was there much music on in the house, like with? Yeah, yeah, always
1: musicals and like, my mum would watch you know VHSs of like, yeah, Showboat and all Rodgers and Hammerstein. Yeah, yeah and all that stuff. It yeah. was always musicals. Yeah, like, wow. yeah, but Guys and Dolls and yep, and um, you know, I'd be fighting to get my Star Wars video on there, you know. <laughs> yeah, and um, but there wasn't, yeah, not, not much in the way of bands or anything like that. My brother okay. was really into like. ACDC called Chisel. he's older I take it yeah five yeah. years older okay. but he had Beach Boys Pet Sounds I remember and I love that and yeah, um, yeah. one of my first musical memories actually it's coming back to me now is when I went to bed it's like therapy t- yeah it is <laughs> I'm going to start like confessing yeah. things to yeah. you get comfortable yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um and uh yeah, she, she I used mm-hmm. to go to sleep with a tape playing. I used to have, have to have music on to make me because yep. I think the silence just I got scared or something. Yeah. I was a dark room and I don't I f- know. I feel you. Yeah. You know I, what I mean? Yeah, I needed absolutely. I needed a bit of music to sort of yeah. to lighten the mood. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm talking this is like probably when I was four years, three or four years old. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe even earlier, I don't know. But um and she made me a tape and it had the Beatles on it. Like I remember it had yesterday and yep. it had them. Um, was oh, it like a mix, yeah, it mixed? Yeah, mixed, but it had Ethel Merman, you know. Starting here, starting now. You know okay. that sort of. Yeah, yeah. She's like a New York sort of cabaret singer, okay. uh, and I had um, this African beats. Like she had this album of just African beats, just like, tribal beats. I've, I've still got it on vinyl. It's wow, f- it's fucking awesome. That's awesome. It's like tribal beats with like a weird, mm, like, like like Lady Smith, Blackman You know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I had a bit of that. I had a bit of Beatles. I had some show tunes. Okay. And I, that was drilled into my head. That tape. Like, yeah. I'd flick, the, change the tape over when it finished. Um, Here, There and Everywhere by the Beatles is one of the first songs I ever remember. See? And, um, Yesterday. Yeah. And she would always listen to the Beatles. Because they were big. My dad's from England. and Oh, okay, right. He moved over here, but pretty much right after the Beatles sort of thing. And yeah. So he loved that. And my dad loved Dave Brubeck and all the jazz stuff. So dad was into that, Coltrane and Miles Davis and all that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, wow. well. But I never really got into that. It was a bit too sort of advanced for me. It is... Yeah, you know, it's, very advanced.
0: It's not um, it's not easy listening. No, nah,
1: it's not man. Yeah, it's, but I love yeah. it now. Like, yeah, I fucking love putting on jazz. It just, it's like giving your ears a holiday. Yeah. So when I get to work early in the morning, I put on you know Coltrane or Miles Davis or yep. someone like that. You know, and sometimes some soul and yeah, stuff before the staff get in. Yeah, before the staff get in to yep. chill, just to chill. Yeah, it's, it makes me feel like I'm at some sort of fucking dinner party or something. It's awesome. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but uh, but that's my first memory of yeah, of, um. Of music and what I was listening to And I think after that I took it My first ever vinyl I bought Would have been Madonna's solo album I reckon Like The first debut album Okay yeah yeah I think yeah. my sister Who had a pretty big influence On my music as well Yeah You know we went to Brash's, I had my voucher As you like, do I should buy this Yeah cool yeah. So I bought that Flogged it You know it was just pop Yeah You know pop Fucking whatever But it's pretty clever pop Jimmy Jam produced it He's a fucking genius Yeah right okay And, um, and then after that Ice House Man of Colours
0: Okay. I got yeah. It on yeah.
1: Vinyl and then Beastie Boys' License to Ill" was the next one.
0: So, what? Uh, before we go on, let's talk about that in a sec. But what kind of? What's a song that kind of sums up the early <laughs> years from? Like maybe uh, something from that tape.
1: I reckon "Yesterday" by the Beatles. Cool. Really stuck with me.
2: Yesterday, all my troubles seem so far away. Now An easy game to play. I need a place to hide away. Oh, I believe in yesterday. Mm-hmm.
0: So, I mean, yesterday's pretty timeless.
1: It is. I mean, it's got that yeah. um, melancholy sort of vibe to it, which I, I really, I don't know, it's latched onto that somehow. Yeah. I really like that. It's great melody and it's kind of a, a circle. It doesn't have a beginning or an end. It's sort of just circular arrangement. Do you know what I mean? That's it doesn't have like a chorus. Only like, that you've said it, it now know. makes
0: sense, but I would never have thought it. Yeah, I but know. I completely understand it what you're saying. It just doesn't
1: say. have a full structure, you know? Yeah. It's a dreamy kind of song. Yeah. I think I liked it. It made me fall asleep, obviously. And, yeah. And Paul McCartney's voice, and I'm, he's still like, Paul McCartney, you know, he's a god to me. Yeah. Like, I went and saw him. I paid 450 bucks for a ticket. Just like, recently, a couple yeah, of years back? Yeah. 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 And, um, me, and my, me and my wife went there and sat in front of him and just like, just awestruck for that for that time watching We him. took
0: our son, he was about a month old.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. You guys got balls, man. Yeah, it was... Because that could it, fuck it, did, it up for everyone. It didn't
0: go it. great. Yeah. It didn't go <laughs> great. Like, um, so Shit. when we got there, it was fantastic. Like, it was all, he was kind of awake and kind yeah. of vibing it or whatever. And then just as the lights went down, he... Nothing to do with the lights, but he was just like, "No, this isn't me anymore." Yeah. So we kind of had to shuffle him out. So we were sitting in like the, uh, yeah, yeah. like the, you know, the the outside of the venue. Yeah. And this completely random. So his lady comes up to us and goes, "You guys are all right? And We're like, "Yeah, yeah, this isn't working." Da da da. She goes, "I tell you what, come with me." So she walked us to this uh, wheelchair access part. Like she oh, awesome. pulled back this curtain. Wow. And just goes, as long as you don't stand behind, just stand in front of these people. And it was kind of like, you know, the people that are sitting yeah. in wheelchairs. Yep. You can stand back here and view it and do the whole <laughs> damn thing. And we're like, oh, oh this shit. is the greatest. Awesome. So it worked out fantastic yeah. eventually. See, yeah, that shit's meant to happen. Right? Yeah. But the biggest regret of the show was so I was driving, and it was, you know, 15,000, yeah. 20,000 people venue. And we're like, we've got to get the fuck out. So I was like, I'll leave for the encore. Like, yeah. I'll go grab the car, I'll meet you guys here. Da 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 da. And I said, said to my wife, Nicole, so, like, what are they playing? She goes, oh, you know that thing on Abbey Road that you really like? Like, the second side of Abbey Road that just kind of goes song into song oh, into yeah. song into song. And I go, yeah. And she goes, yeah, oh, he played oh, that. That's amazing. And I was like, yeah, that's all I wanted to see. Like, that to the me. Last,
1: it's the last song, yeah. Like, the, um, like um, in you, the end, you, the never, you make Yeah, like, like, you never give you me pay.
0: your money. Yeah. And it th- kind of weaves in oh, yeah, out if yeah, yeah, she yeah, came yeah. in through the bathroom window, da-da-da-da, yeah. ends da, with... Da, in the end, perfect. The love you yeah, perfect ending, and I missed it. Mm. And I was like, Oh, yeah, I think my wife all started I crying see. for that
1: bit. I completely would have <laughs> yeah, as well, yeah, yeah. yeah. I that's... saw him the, the time before that, too. He played, okay, He like, played the MCG in '92. I was about to say, yeah, like 20 yeah. something years ago, That yeah. was cool. And, yeah. um, I was going out with this girl, and her parents bought us tickets, yeah, cool. It was awesome. We sat right at the back, and he did like a John Lennon tribute, yeah, well, wow. It was when Linda was in the band and everything, yeah, okay, yeah, it was cool. Let's see, so
0: yeah, <laughs> enough about me, carry on, yeah, but anyway, so um. How do you get from, I mean, not that it's much of a musical jump, but like African Beats all of a sudden <laughs> and buying... um, What were the first couple of records you said you bought?
1: Madonna. Uh, first Madonna. Oh, yeah, uh, and then Ice, Ice House. Ice House, Man of
0: Colours. But then how does Beastie Boys come I into play? I don't know.
1: I think because I was in grade six, I think. Okay. And, um, I think in between grade six and grade seven, someone suggested or oh, Beastie Boys were pretty big, you know. Okay. And I think I heard um, Fight for Your Right to Party. right. And I thought, cool. I bought. Oh, you know, it's time for me to do something different. So I bought the vinyl. Yeah, yeah. I took it home, put on my parents' thing. I took out the vinyl. It had like a, a stencil that came with it. It's just spray. spray paint. That's fantastic. And then I got into fully got into tagging, graffiti, <laughs> like awesome. full hip hop sort of culture. Yeah. Know? And I bought books on it. I was pretty like, um, well versed in in like New York graph and who was big, who wasn't. How if was I'm it, like reading fanzines and little how magazines? How was
0: like. So, late 80s?
1: Yeah, really late 80s. How in,
0: how in, does a kid from Melbourne in the late 80s, like, research that?
1: It's because I was hanging out with guys who who were... Older dudes? ...who were doing that, writers and shit like that. Right, okay, yeah, yeah. There was books you could buy okay. that had all the information. Um, Obviously, it was really hard. Yeah. But there was, like, there was movies and little references here and there. And, but I guess there was no internet, so... Yeah. Basically, it was a couple of books, probably two books, you know.
0: And where are you getting them from? Because I can't because imagine them, it was the from the library. Like,
1: yeah, okay. Bookshops book, book and that. Yeah, yeah, cool. I remember someone gave me one for a present and then I tracked down another one. And and then a, there was probably a couple other ones that other people had that you could read, you know. Just, yeah. So I fully got into that sort of culture. And about the same time, you know, I, I started skateboarding, like year seven. You know? Okay. Yeah, so.
0: Was the skateboarding, was it an influence from... Like older brother Or it was just um, kind of What was happening at the time It was like just kids, kids The resurgence of it So in grade 6
1: I hung out with a guy called Adam Porter Who was my best friend Who lived down the street Yep, Is he and still we, around? Uh, he's still around But I haven't seen him for a long time okay. He's got some mental issues Okay But he's great He was a great guy to grow up with And he had some weird family shit going on But yeah. I used to stay at his house And we He bought, he bought a little skateboard I bought a little skateboard We, we muck around with it and So put, it was like a, one of those Just like, a little plastic board Okay you yeah, know. yeah 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 if that, if we didn't have the big fat boards yeah. What do they call them
0: now? The penny like a,
1: like a penny board, yeah. Penny board, yeah, yep. Even worse than that, though, okay. probably. <laughs> and we muck around on the netball courts. Then we put it away, forgot about it. And then year seven came and some other kids were doing it. So we sort of got back into it again. On you know. full, on bigger Yeah, decks. like on bigger, proper boards. And, okay. You know, dad made me like a homemade board. My first board was like homemade. The yeah. Dad. And um, I bought the trucks and wheels. we put that together. And then eventually hooked up with um another guy, uh, Ben, who I went to, you know, I met him in year seven, who was this who was in Body Jar in okay. the early is Ben Patterson, And he yep. sort of told me that he had a ramp in his backyard. Okay. And I was like, cool, cool. So I went and uh, had a go on that. And that was the beginning of skateboarding and, and, and punk rock. Because wow. once I discovered skateboarding and there was an actual scene... Yeah. You know, and there was this ramp in someone's backyard. Even though the first time I went on that ramp, I fell over and smashed my teeth. I was about in. to say, "Yeah, what was the injury?" <laughs> yeah, I, I just like hit my mouth on the. Fuck. I thought, oh, "Fuck not. I'm going to do this. I'm going to stick with it," <laughs> and I did. I did. It ended up. I'm still doing it. You know, yeah. but um, and I love it. It's changed my life. But exposed me to like Dead Kennedys, yep. TSOL, well, Bad Religion, Descendants, because it was just the soundtrack. To it those was those the videos, shit yeah. people were playing at the ramp. On oh the, right, okay. Like, all these bands, all these punk bands, Suicide Tendencies, yeah. Um all these punk bands that were getting played on the stereo at the ramp and also the soundtrack to all the Vision videos yep. and, you know, the early Shore Grip video that was, um, it was called Summer Sessions and basically it was TSOL changed today. was the, That album was the soundtrack to that whole skate vid and, and that changed my life. Yeah, I right. remember taping that. You know, when you just put the stereo really close to the TV and press record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And tape the, I tape the whole, That's, the whole yeah. thing so I could take it up to the ramp and, and, and skate with that on. That's so good. And it had all the sounds of the skating in it So Shh like That's sick. Sh- you know, like. Yeah, yeah. So that and then. <laughs> but at the same time, I, I remember skating a friend's um, quarter pipe in his backyard and he had 5150 by Van Halen. And I okay. kind of dug that too. I was like, yeah, this yeah. is pretty cool to skate to as well, you know, like. It's pretty,
0: but, in it, like it's very live wire energetic kind of. Like yeah, it's, yeah. It
1: like, I loved yeah, I loved that sort of shit, yeah. you know. And he, he got me into that and that led to Metallica. So okay. then I went through a metal phase, grew my hair long, you know, like so I loved Metallica. I got, I think it was during, the first album I got was uh, Master of Puppets, which I love. Okay. But then Justice For All came out and yeah, yeah, right. I was like, this is like so technical and like, yeah. that, so that was a different direction.
0: Still not playing guitar. Yeah, actually before we go uh, on. Let's, yeah. Do you want to pick a song from any of that those early skating years? Oh, man, probably uh, it's whatever. Anything. Can can
1: you play something? TSOL, Red Shadows. Let's do it. Okay, cool. Tear so well, Red Shadows. That, that'd be awesome. That was a classic skate rock song.
0: So, was Metallica something that other people were skating to? Or was it, um, was it just a weird evolution from hearing 5150 by Van Halen and then going, well, what else is down this path?
1: Yeah, I think it was, okay. what else is down this path? And then someone bought, someone we were hanging out with at the time. It could have been Grano. Grano had like an electric guitar. Okay. And he could play it. Pretty good, like power chords and stuff. And yeah. he had a little band called Death on Command, DAC. Sick. <laughs> Sick. And he had the most morbid picture of a guy getting his head chopped off. Of course. It's you what know. you do. And I was like, fuck, these guys are... Yeah, this is around the same time I'm just getting into skating. And like, yeah. and I started hanging out with Grano again, even though I went to um, primary school with him. But I sort of okay started hanging out with him again. So you I, kind we of went your separate ways and, year year and then kind eight. of came back eventually. Yeah, yeah. yeah? And I was thinking, fuck, these guys actually—if they had a drummer, they'd have a real band because they've got a singer and a, he can play the chords, and they had their own songs.
0: So they're doing originals. They were it doing, like, yeah, originals. Yeah, but it, was, it wasn't
1: really with a drummer. It was a little bit. We had a drummer up the road, but they just play with a singer and two guitars. You know, just sitting yeah. down in a garage with a little, little amp and a torch guitar, just full metal, full gain. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it was that, and I was like, fuck, that's pretty cool. And that got me into Metallica, I think. And. Yeah. justice for all and then I thought oh, I'm going to get a guitar so I bought a second hand guitar
0: okay wow so I that was guitar time. was the thing like it wasn't yeah yeah, yeah No, that was like okay
1: if, if these guys are doing it it can't be that hard I can, <laughs> I, can, I, can, I can do that yeah, you know like yeah, the, the yeah. chords and two uh, fingers yeah, make it happen yeah. yeah yeah. so and one of my mates Lance his name is Lance Moore who mixed us for years who mixed Body Jar for years and he still he still mixes now he's a really good guy yep he lent me some equipment recently uh, he had a guitar I think it was like an old Just a copy of a Strat And I yep. bought that And he showed me a few chords And, and then I bought all the Metallica Tablature books Yeah yep, and yep. Just Went through that Chewed through that in my bedroom
0: Were you getting lessons Like hand in hand Or you were just like hey, I did I can get a few it. At yeah, okay. the start
1: But I, I just I, I learned like 12 bar blues He taught me like Stairway yep. to Heaven Yep um, these some, classics. some John Lennon yeah. Maybe a little Other Led Zeppelin stuff he was a real, he had an SG. I think that's why I like SGs because yep. I loved his guitar. Yeah, yeah, Because it looked like two devil horns. And that shit. does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved it. I'm like, Fuck, that's such a cool guitar. And uh, he was a really good teacher, actually. He has a lot of patience, you know. Yeah. So I probably did 10 lessons and then thought, oh, I've got it from here, mate. I'll take it from here. And, yeah. yeah. That was it. I'm not very good. I mean, obviously, I can't, technically, I'm, I can't play solos that yeah. well or anything. But I can play chords. and You can write a to, song. Yeah, you yeah. can write a song, yeah. That's it. So that's about it. So, did you then join that band or what did you do? Um, no, because Grano was going to another school. He was okay. going somewhere else. So, I don't know why, but we never started a band then. Yeah. But I was going to school with Ben. We were going to a Mays College. Yep. And uh, We started another band. Uh, Grano had his band, yep. Death on Command or whatever. And then, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> the best I know, it's Rad DAC. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and we started another band in, in our school and we could jam at lunchtime because our school had a drum kit and a yep. PA, you know. So we had Charles um, who was playing drums in De- Death on Command yeah, when they could yeah. have When they, when they got a drummer. Yeah, but he was going to our school so we sort of pinched him. Good. Yeah. And, um, and Ben was, was there. Ben was the singer and could play guitar and we had a bass player and we just did covers, just okay. covers, you know. And then so we might have done like some Metallica, some um, – TSOL Some Misfits Yeah And even you I think we did a U2 song Was one of the first Okay Things because it was so easy to play
0: Were you performing in front of people Or just like uh, lunchtime We did
1: one show we, we played at a couple of school socials Or something Yeah, like, Yeah it yeah. was really bad We should not have been playing real, It would have been yeah. really fucking yeah. bad You know yeah, We know. didn't even know how to tune our guitars yeah. I don't think You know Yeah no one would have voted
0: It just would have been like, you play with me and that sounds about right. So yeah, you know when you, you hit your E-string
1: with someone else? <laughs> yeah. You hit your E-string. And you kind of, yeah, that'll do. probably wrong. Close enough. Yeah, close enough. It's all just rock and roll. fun, yeah. So we played a couple of high school things and then decided that we'd try and actually have a jam in Charles's garage. Okay. Because Charles, the drummer, his parents were pretty lenient, you know, and they put up with us. Yeah. So we just went in there we got, a, we got a mic And we plugged the mic Into a guitar amp and, and then we tried to We actually learnt Tons of songs You know Like Metallica The Cult Yeah, yeah. Um, So we learned all these covers And we probably had Two originals um, That were like Kind of like misfits of, With a bit of metal Like horror lyrics Okay A lot of horror lyrics We and used oh, I ben wasn't singing yeah, ben, was ben was singing But he was writing lyrics About <laughs> ghosts And like And murders And shit, shit like that Yeah, yeah. dark shit What was, was the band called? It was Damnation. Oh wow! Damnation. Okay, right. Yeah. Okay. So that's what we called it, you know. Yeah. Until we found out there was another band called Damnation. AD yeah, it's probably thousands of them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, now you know straight away if there's another band because you got like Spotify. Yeah, back absolutely. then you just didn't know. You
0: just roll with it. Yes,
1: roll with it. We're the only band, you know. Yeah. We thought, um, and then we we, we started bringing it up and getting a couple gigs. Okay. We got to support Killing Time, who were a big band at the time. Yeah. You know, like they turned into Mantissa and ended up imploding or whatever. But uh, we supported them at Mornington Skate Park. Like that was a massive thing for us. They just played at Mornington Skate Park on a Saturday afternoon. Like outdoors? No, indoors. Oh, indoors, okay. No stage, just on the ground. They had a big PA. It was pretty cool. And they needed a band to play first. And somehow we, we got that gig. Probably because we skated there every I Saturday. I was going to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and then after that, we got a bit of confidence. We started ringing pubs, like the Bendigo Hotel in Brunswick Street. And, yep. And, oh, sorry, Johnson Street. We rang them and said, can we, is there a gig we can have? And they're like, yeah, come and play this gig next weekend. Bean Feast, who are actually like good. They were like a Fugazi you know, they were a really cool band. Yeah, that was our first sort of pub gig. <coughs> Excuse me, and That's um, and then and then there was at the same time or just after that, the all ages scene started bubbling in Melbourne. And, okay. And, you know, and there was venues in Croydon, which is in the eastern suburbs of Melbourne, called EVS. Yeah. And um, and there was a soccer club there that everyone used to play as well called the Hull. Because I don't know why, but Croydon Council had so many. I was going to say, youths. was
0: it was it a was it a council push or it was. was it like. Yeah, so the it wasn't like kids put, doing these, They had a really yeah. good
1: youth program. Okay. So they had like um, a, a rehearsal room that you could use for free. Wow. So we would take our shit on the train and go to Croydon and, and rehearse it there because there was no, no – we didn't know where else to rehearse. It was yeah. cheap. It was like 10 bucks. We walked through this thing and rehearsed in this old squash court in this forest. Yeah. So, and this was around that time, so we started jamming there. And then they said, do you want to play at the Hull? And I'm like, yeah, cool. Got to play with meanies and nursery crimes. And, yeah. And, and then Fagazi came and played the Hull, dude. The Hull, which is an old soccer club in the middle of Croydon. And Fagazi came out for that first ever tour. and And yeah. they, remember, they, they played every show. The tickets were like five bucks. Five clubs. bucks. No lighting. It was just a rad PA. The best PA. But the, like lights were on? Lights were just on. Like just house lights just, or whatever. Yeah. Just house lights on. And yeah. it was the most real thing I've ever seen. I was like, fuck. How good does this sound? Just the quality of the sound. Was...
0: was- did you did, were the Fugazi on your radar in any way, shape, or form? Not really. Not yeah. I, I so mean, it was just a show, like, hey, there's this is band from someone.
1: Yeah, and once we heard about they were coming, yeah. we started listening to them. Right. Um, okay. I, I remember grano I bought uh, Steve died of nothing, and um, yeah, uh, they came out, and we probably knew. I probably knew eight of the songs they played. You know. Yeah. And there was some other new shit and some noisy shit. Yeah. And they were the one band that because I wasn't really into that noisy feedbacky shit. Yeah. All the bluesy Detroit sound that, that that bands like Bored and that were playing. There's a lot of that in Melbourne. I was more into the tight sort of metal sounding yeah. shit with a bit of structure. It
0: definitely more polished. Yeah, I like yeah. Nursery
1: Crimes, Meanies, Ramones. Yeah. Um, you know, Descendants and a bit of Melody. I thought that was cool because I yeah. like Metallica and that had a lot of tight structure. Yeah. But Fagazi was my first sort of thing in where I thought, hey, this is cool. That's wild. This noisy sort of shit, but it's kind of like mathematical at the same time. You yeah. Know? It was cool. And... um, and we didn't support them we just went to the show. I remember it was Nursery Crimes and the, this band called the Dweebs that we used to play with a bit who got the support. Yeah. We were just hell jealous. I we were just like it. fuck yeah. we 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 should we should be playing this. fuck those guys. Fuck those guys. And then you know, Those things you think when yeah. you're 16 17 years old. Yeah. yeah. Stupid Yeah. Isn't it? But you know, we ended up getting a few good gigs at that place and yeah, putting so on a few of our own and then and then someone <laughs> someone came to one of those shows who, who was starting a bar in Melbourne called the Art House was when the art house had just started. And yep. he was looking for bands. And he just came to a battle of the bands that was there. Yeah. And he asked all the bands to, you know, come and play the art house. Wow. And that started the art house scene. So Jesus. it would have been Aqua Nuggets, Us, Root Beer, you know, all the bands from back in that. Fudge, all those bands from eastern suburbs of Melbourne. Yeah. And that started the whole um, art house scene. And this
0: is still his damnation?
1: Uh, yep, still his damnation. So then what, how did damnation form into helium? Oh yeah, so, um, okay, yeah. That's because... uh because there was another damnation. There was another damnation, but I didn't care. Yeah. But uh, we, we wanted to put a record out. For some reason, we ended up getting this manager. Her name was Michelle. It was Phil Rose, the singer from Nestle Crump's girlfriend. Okay. And we played a few gigs with Nestle Crump's. And she was like, I like these guys. I wanna, I'm going to manage them, you know. And we're like, okay, fuck yeah, whatever, you know.
3: Yeah, go for it.
1: And we want to put out a record. Can you get us a deal? And um, so we recorded a demo. And she got us a deal. She sent it to Shock Records. And sh- the dude who, who was running Shock, David Williams. He was a massive Descendants all fan. Yeah, right. And every review we were getting was like, "Oh, they're like the Descendants little brothers. They sound like all." And and he was like, "Cool, all right." So he, he gave us a deal to put out three records or something. And we, you know we didn't even take it to a lawyer. It's the worst deal ever. <laughs> yeah. He just fucking signed it. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. You're you gonna cares? pay for it. They're putting out a record. Yeah. Well, yeah here you it know. is. Yeah. And um, I'm just trying to think that I probably skipped something there. But look, basically that's what happened. Yeah. Um, I went to America. That was another important okay. thing um, around that time year 7 before we turned in before we even had we had damnation yep. but we didn't have healing it wasn't a serious thing but I met a guy at Vermont Skateboarding Ramp Okay, as you do as I was doing skating there yep. every day I met he's an American guy he was over here because his dad worked for Cadbury Okay, and there's a Cadbury factory right yep. near the ramp yep. and um, he was really rich rich sort of family yeah Anyway, he came, he skated every day and I started wagging school to, to skate with him and I showed him Paran, showed him a few like skate Sports. spots. We became really good friends. Yeah. Then he invites me to come back to America with him and he'll show me, you know, we can go skate in New York and Brooklyn Banks. And on dad's dime? On, no, I, I had to pay for the okay. ticket. Right, so right. I, <laughs> I conned my parents into letting me do it. This is wild. It costed a couple of grand.
0: Yeah, wouldn't there's no but,
1: discount airfares back No, and I, was, I went by myself. I was 15 years old. Wow. But they trusted the parents. They'd never met them. They'd spoken to him on the phone. They'd met him, Mike Millette was his name, and I've, I've tried to find him on Facebook a few times. But the
0: skater was Mike Millett? Yeah, the yeah, skater.
1: Okay. Um, he was a rad skater, really good dude, became friends. Um, went to America as an unaccompanied minor on a Qantas flight, and he, him and his dad met me at um, New York Airport, like JFK. So you went all the way to the all East the Coast? All the way across. Fuck. I stopped in Hawaii, I stopped in LA, I didn't know what the fuck I was... Doing. I didn't know you had to get a boarding pass, that's how, like... You Wet know, your words, yeah. yeah I had no to ask idea. people, luckily people were friendly and, you know... Yeah. Uh, anyway So I stayed with him We skated Fucking New York um, he, We went for Like he moved house While I was there uh, To a place called Carmel in California where Clint Oh Eastwood yeah was I know that Yeah there. it's uh, on the coast Yeah, yeah, yeah on yeah, the coast Yeah, yeah. And Monterey Bay Yep pretty much. Yeah, yeah. So I went there And he took me He got me into punk rock Big time Like he took me To a Ramones show On July the 4th Wow And um, it was insane It was Murphy's Law And the Ramones At this little club Called One Step Beyond In San Jose Okay July 4th Would have been about 1990 or 91 yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, anyway, I got D.D. D. Ramone's book and I read it and he, he mentions that gig that I was at in D.D. D. Ramone's saying that was his last ever show. Fuck. So I saw D.D. Ramone's last ever That's show. That's pretty cool. So it was cool. Anyway, and he took me to Tower Records and I bought Descendants all on cassette. Yeah. bought a bunch of punk you know, misfits and stuff. He was
0: just like, here's what you need to here's buy. Here's what you need to buy, yeah. yeah. And I
1: took it back and showed everyone at the ramp and everyone borrowed them. I remember I got the Descendants tape back yep. after about a month and it had no... Writing on it You know It usually has song titles It was completely Yeah just scratched off Just completely scratched off And um So that's just a side story I guess That's unreal Yeah that's (laughs) how I got Fully into punk And then The metal thing was gone then I was like okay I just like this punk stuff And And played Obviously all the Fagazi shit happened And then The old ages scene Started happening We got the deal with Shock We put out A Helium album Okay So the Shock guys Are like You can't call yourself Damnation If we're gonna do this record You gotta change the name You know Okay so we're like, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. Someone came up with Helium. I'm like, whatever. Shit name. But let's put out the fucking album. I think yeah, we had that a was thousand names, but we yeah. just could not decide on one. Yep. Let's just fucking call it that. And then someone came up with that graphic that you can't hold me down thing with the hands. And yeah. So that's cool. And so we did that album. We just recorded it quickly. It sounds like it's recorded on toy guitars or something. Like it's real small, <laughs> tiny little sounds. And um, we put that out. Nothing really happened. It was just... I think it got a few good reviews in like Street Press, that Time to Grow Up single. Yeah. But nothing really happened. It was pretty, it was a pretty dismal album. But it didn't deserve anything. I listen back to that now. I think we were way too young to be doing an album. We should not have been allowed. Yeah. Until we were at least 18 or 19. Yeah. You know, and uh, we didn't know much about the world. So we, we But it's, we... it's
0: all like, it's all a monstrous learning curve. It is. Yeah. Especially back then when there was no, like, hey, here's, here's, here's yeah. what you do, here's the steps. It's like, no, no, no. I know. I guess, like Metallica recorded an
1: album, so we should just yeah, record we an can album. Do that. Yeah, it was yeah. stupid and not yeah. have a proper producer or yeah. anything. Like no one to push us or make us better. Like, yeah. I think I think I was just too pushy. I was really. I just wanted to do it. I was yeah. like, Let's just fucking do it. You know. I guess I thought it was a learning curve. Let's just learn it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And throw ourselves in the deep end. Didn't do much. Came out. We did a few shows and, and we went to Sydney. I might have driven to Sydney a couple times to play some shows. Wow, cool. Yeah. Who were you with, playing with in Sydney? Uh, we played with lawn Smell. I, I think, think. And yeah, yeah. Um, we did a show in Wollongong and Dave Curley hooked up at the Wollongong Youth Centre. Yeah. That was our first show out of... out of um, Victoria. Victoria. He was a legend. He hooked us up. So we played with Zambian goat herders. <laughs> And uh, someone else, and then we went to Sydney and played two shows. Yeah, I can't remember. Oh, it might have been Blitz Babies. Okay, yeah, yeah, who were fucking cool. Yeah, very. And um, and then we drove back to to Melbourne that night. I think we, we after didn't even the show. Sleep. Yeah, fuck that. We did yeah. that a few times. Like we we almost died on the roads a few times. Yeah, I can, I drivers falling asleep and like you know. Yeah. Um, we must have driven to Sydney twenty twenty or thirty times, I reckon, in our time.
0: Oh, like like through our careers. yeah throughout our careers, yeah, 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 you know yeah. like
1: yeah. Uh. Anyway, so. I think we're up to now. So yeah, the next time we wanted to do an album, we thought we're not going to call ourselves fucking Helium anymore. Let's come up with a proper name. Okay. You know, get it. And then we, you know, we got a, um, we still had Charles playing the drum, tr- just like grano Yeah. So it was exactly the same lineup. Let's just change the name and um and write proper songs. You know. Okay. So uh, decided to we changed the name to Body Jar. We had like a gig to sort of signify that. I guess. Yep. And, um, and it was on to the next album. And the next album was produced by Bill and Stefan from Descendants, luckily. So the, f- the first Body Jar record was our first real, yeah. you know, real exercise into making a record, you know.
0: So the thing that's always amazed me, and I, I think I only noticed it on No Touch Red, was that they had, a, you know, they had something to do with it. Yeah. But again, like, how does that happen?
1: I do not know, man. We were fucking like, blessed. By the punk gods or something. Yeah. Cause I, I was a massive fan. I mean, I used to write them letters and shit. Like, okay. I used to write Bill Stevenson letters saying, Hey, I'm a massive fan, can you I thought everyone had guitar tab books, like Metallica.
4: <laughs> so I'd be like, so can good. you send
1: me some guitar yeah. tabs? He's like, no, no, no. I don't, we don't have that shit. <laughs> Here's a that. poster. You know, come and see, he, said, he wrote, come and see me when we play Melbourne. I'll teach you some of the songs, you know. Wow. And I was like, no, I can't. I don't think I was even old enough to, to get Dog, in when I wrote yeah. this.
0: Because they would have been playing. They were they coming played, out They, they, coming they did, out did play Prince
1: of Wales on New Year's Eve once and I couldn't get in, I remember. Yeah. Um, and anyway, so they did end up coming out years later, a couple of years later or two, three, Yeah. and I was old enough. And we got a support with them in Croydon at the Hull. Is this, sorry, this is with All, yeah? This is with All, yeah. yeah. So this is right when Body Jar, Body Jar were first you know, announced and we were, we were a new name, a new yep. band, new songs. We didn't play any of the old shit. Yeah. It was like, let's just be a new band. Start and, from uh, scratch again. Well, yeah, start yeah. from scratch pretty much. You know, I don't think we played hardly any of the old shit. We just wrote new songs. We thought they were cool. Yeah. Um, and then because Shock, who was our record label, also distributed Descendants and All and SST and all yep. that, uh, I think they hooked it up. They were like, "Okay, you're gonna do your next record. Um, you're touring. You're doing a couple of shows. But oh, we can we can organize it so it all stay back, and you can record it at Sing Sing with Bill and Stefan." Wow. We're like, "What the fuck?" We probably had five songs, you know, probably had six or seven maybe, and a few covers that we were playing live. We're playing Doughboys live. Probably two so well. Probably did four or five covers whenever we played live. Yeah. Even Descendants covers, and um, so we quickly wrote the rest of the songs. Yeah. We had like maybe a month or two. We just wrote. Whatever Just whatever came yeah, down Yeah And um, Yeah there was the Time to Grow Up EP which Yep Which That came out after They'd come and produced the album Then we picked one song off as a single And we recorded a couple of B-sides And we kept the rest for the album Yep So that, that makes sense And then um, So yeah we, we were I was 18 probably And Grano was maybe 19 um, So when did Grant join the band? He was in the band the whole time So Grano He was in Helium Oh right Sorry of yeah. course yeah yeah. yeah yeah He was in Helium from day one we had, a, we had a drummer for Helium and on the first Body Joe album was Charles' rapper. Right, okay. But then yeah. after the first Body Joe album, he bailed. Yep, okay. You know, so... But it was always me, Ben and Grano. Yeah, cool. So, um, and then... Uh,
0: so you did the Time to Grow Up
1: Did the Time to Grow yeah. So we yeah. recorded the album with Bill and Stefan. So Which just fucking wild. It's bizarre. Like He was 19, like, I was 18. I think we were picking them up. So we, we, I'd go to his house... He'd get in his panel van, we'd drive to their hotel, pick them up. They'd have to lie in the back of the panel van, pretending that they. <laughs> so the cops didn't, so the see, cops didn't say And we'd okay. take them to the studio, do this every day for like two weeks until the album was finished. They stayed that long. They stayed that long, and they just released Breaking Things. Wow. So it was like, we were amazed. We we're like, oh man. Because they produced like Doughboys and Big Drill Car, yeah. bands that we fucking idolize, Big Drill Car. All
0: that Cruise Records stuff. Cruise
1: Records, SST yeah. shit. All that shit, you know. So we were like... And they were using the same techniques to record us as they did on breaking things. And Jesus, we were like, so what the cool. fuck, you know. And, and it was the first time we'd ever been in a studio with a producer who was so... They were really hard on us as far as vocal takes, like, and getting in yeah. tune. Like, I'm, I remember doing shit like 10 times to get it right, you know. And I was like, this guy's fucking breaking my balls, you know. Like, That's
0: awesome. But they were
1: just like, they made us... Always a pro. They made us way better than what we were, yeah. you know what I mean. Even yeah. though that record, I think, is still pretty bad. Uh, it's maybe two, two good songs You're 20 Yeah but they made it Yeah Better than what it would have been Could have been yeah. yeah But we learned And we learned Fucking so much That's Like after recording that album With them I was like Okay now I understand it You know Now I know how it works And so uh, Yeah so that album came out And we did a little tour I think and, Yeah uh, Sorry Time to go up EP came out Shock sent it out To all the street press It got good reviews We got a few little You know Might have got a few plays On Triple J or something like that and, Yeah And then the album came out And it did okay too Actually, the album. Oh yeah, the next single off that G it was G and and L, yeah. And it was like Hazy Shade of Winter as the B side, and that made it to like number one on the on the alternative singles chart because of the cover. It beat the Foo Fighters or some shit. Jesus, I don't know why. It must have got radio play or something. Someone like picked Triple it up. J, yeah. You see, for a couple of weeks it was it was selling good. You know, roll with it. So that's cool. Yeah, I've yeah. even got the little clip of it, a little newspaper thing of number one. You know, that's awesome. And, um, so that was cool. It was a little victory. You see? know. So um, before
0: we go any further, then. Let's, let's, if we, if it's cool with you, let's yeah. pick a song from anything, anything from that time of the world, be it for, like, Tommy, your life Sorry, be oh, it Gazi, I reckon um something from Breaking reckon, Things, like, I'm not going to hate oh, that Breaking at all.
1: Things, yeah, like, yeah. play, like, Original Me from Dude. Breaking Things, that was a, just absolute cork. Have you heard the, um, the,
0: uh, what do they call it? I guess it's B-sides or demos. Of oh, Milo that, singing that Yeah yeah I have yeah It's so really good But like Yeah
1: It's yeah. a great song hey And yeah. I think Fucking cracker I think Milo sang Oh no Chad Price sang all the backups On Everything Sucks That's everything what am thinking yeah, yeah 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 But um Yeah that song and Right You know that song Right She yeah. is right I love that song too It's a great album It's a great album It's such yeah. a Such a great direction For that band to take yeah.
0: Like, criminally, criminally underrated and overlooked. Yeah, because it, like, it,
1: it was so aggressive. Yeah. They Before that, they sounded small, like really small sounds, and that And yeah. that album was just like, oh, they're playing in this giant room and it's fucking angry. Yeah. It's like, how good is this? <laughs> you know. I didn't know. Yeah. I had no idea about the Descendants connection. Like, again, I saw No Touch Red and was like, yeah, yeah. How the
0: fuck does this happen? Yeah, I know.
1: I like, don't know. Yeah. It you was know, weird. yeah. We were just lucky with that, I reckon. Um, yeah. Because we idolise them, you know. So yeah. it's like, yeah, for sure. Let's get them no matter what. You know, like, so shock had the connections too. Yeah, know, And this like, is around the time that, what what year was this, G&L and Time to Grow Up? It would have been, so Breaking Things, did that come in in 92, you reckon?
0: Yeah. So I reckon, I yeah. reckon
1: um, 94 is, yeah. is when. So it was
0: just when everything. Yeah. Blew yeah. Blew up. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yep, so we were going a little bit even before that when it was all grungy Nirvana shit. Yeah. And then Green Day and Offspring came and it so changed a little bit. What was
0: it like? What was it like trying to play or not trying to play, what was it like playing that kind of skate punk? Well not yeah. skate punk, but you know, that that sound yeah. when everyone wants to sound like Paul Jam or Nirvana. That's,
1: that's was kinda of hard because yeah. we were playing all the same venues like the Richmond Club and, yeah. and The Corner and, and there was an all ages scene starting. But it was all bands that sounded like... It was like Seaweed Gorillas, and Bored and, I don't know, just all these bands that sounded like Nirvana to me. Heaps yeah. of them. And that was cool, but it wasn't our thing, really. Yeah. So we, we struggled to find bands to play with. Or, or we'd just play with them. Yeah. You know, but... It'd be the odd one out. Yeah. But it was like Nursery Crimes and Meanies, the bands that we liked, because they... Descendants played a... I mean, uh, Nursery Crimes played a Descendants cover, Silly Girl. Yeah. So we yeah. instantly fucking, fucking went to every gig, you yeah. know. Because someone else is, knows about this band. Dramatic, as far as we were concerned, yeah. we were the only ones that fucking knew about them. Yeah. You know? And and nursery grinds, you know. That's awesome. That's, that's what we thought, you know. Yeah. And um, so we played with those, and then and then as we as we go along a bit more, there's more sort of punk bands sort of starting out. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so there was there was an old ages scene that spawned, I guess, No Comply were one of those. Okay. They were a bit more metal. They never really. They didn't go. Go too far, but they were doing that sort of punk pop thing really yeah. early on, I reckon. And then um oh, I'm just trying to think who else we played with back in the day. We did we did a lot of shows with no, oh, I mean nursery climbs and meanies, and yeah. you know, there's that all ages thing. Spider bait were big, yeah, okay. they were coming through. Yep. Um, and then you know, Green Day and Offspring happened and yeah. that changed everything, you know. Yeah. So when when Green Day came and and made the punk thing it sort of opened the doors for bands like us. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Would so all of
1: a sudden we can we can play the big day out now, you know. Wow, well, We okay. got off the big day out. And I'm like, fuck, I nearly cried, you know. Yeah, like, What yeah. the fuck? And, um, and then Offspring came. We got an Offspring support yep. to play with them in Melbourne. So it was another sort of... Just the one show, not a tour. Yeah, yep. just the one show. Yep. And uh, that was at the, the Palace or something. It was sold out it was like yeah. for Smash, so it was huge. Monstrous, you know? yeah. And, and Shock was putting that album out as well, so yeah. they were making tons off that. So Shock had all this money. Yeah,
0: because yeah. I remember like that was the I remember hearing like basically the '94 explosion kind of made Shock into what it oh, is yeah. now. Like Imagine it kind of money. just funded yeah. it. Yeah,
1: they had all the like all the big labels, all the big indie labels. Yeah, you know? yeah. And yeah, that was great. They did really well. Yeah, it's a pity what happened to them. But um, yeah, they they did really good. So anyway, mm-hmm. when that happened, I guess that was when we sort of started thinking about doing our next album. Yeah. So it was. Um, uh, we did Rim shot, Yep. And we recorded it with Kai Dahlstrom, who did Nurse Crime's Fun Hurts, which is an album we loved. Yeah. And he owned Sing Sing Studios as well. Right, okay. And um, so we wanted to do it with him because we love Fun Hurts. And, and uh, so we started it. We wrote... I, that's when we got Ross on the jump. Sorry, that's okay. a massive thing. So Charles left. He wasn't into it. We wanted to play fast. He couldn't play fast. Okay. Um, and he wanted to go get a job in a bank or something boring. As you do. Yeah, so we are like, <laughs> Ross, let's try and get Ross. So Ross was playing in Swamp Rats. He was sort of off, on and off. Sick, yeah. He sort of pinched him, you know. Yeah, right. It was probably, I don't know, we just we love the swamp packs, we go see him all the time. Then we said, Ross, do you want to have a jam with us? And I think I don't know, the other guys in the band, I don't know what they thought, you know. Yeah. And he was like, No, 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 I got my band, I got my band. I can't do it, I can't do it. I'm like, okay, cool, we'll, we'll look around for someone else. Yeah. And then he, like maybe two weeks later, he was like, all right, maybe I will come and have a jam. And I remember jamming with him the first time and it was like, fucking hell, this guy's unbelievably fast. Like we wanted a fast drummer, but this guy's like ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. He was so fast, you know. Yeah. And we'd written all these riffs, you know, that we wanted to make into songs. And I remember playing them with him and they sounded great, you know. So yeah. it ended up, yeah, he joined the band and we wrote Rim Shot and um, went and recorded it at Sing Sing on Two Inch Tape yeah, with Kai Dahlstrom. So every, it's such a tech album. Like you, we were talking about tech bands yeah, before. Yeah. Satanic Surfers and yep. Wilhelm Scream. Well, it's so much. It, it, like absolutely. Like yeah. Harmonies. It's and like, fucking you know, hard to keep up And it was with, all, yeah. there's no edits on that. It was all Two Inch Wow. it was one take, like Ross playing it as one take, you know? Jesus. If you listen to it, it's pretty like, because we did a tour where we went back and learnt it and played all those songs. Yeah, it was yeah. Ridiculous, some of it, you know? Yeah. So we did that and that made a massive difference, I reckon. Yep. Like, it just, I don't know, it just felt like that was the right, like what we should be doing. So we got a new drama and it just felt right, you know? And um, we did Rim Shop, put that out, did okay. Then all these other labels, like wanted to put it out. Just Actually, I, I totally missed it. The, yeah. the first album, which we've just covered, yeah, got yeah. released in Japan on this on this label called Real Cool, okay. which is owned by T- Tichiku, which is like a big major label. But we got the we went over to Japan and played these big shows with face to face. It's just on the smoking
0: flight. Yeah, yeah. we got a smoking flight
1: <laughs> to bloody Japan. I could yeah. hardly even breathe when I got to the other end. Little Jeez. End yeah. And um, yeah, we got to play face to face, and then we were big over there because we got played on this huge screen in this in the middle of this busy intersection. And the video clip for, was for um, Time to Grow Up and it was all like little kids in a kindergarten. Remember yeah, that yeah, video? Yeah, So that, for some reason, that really took off there in Japan. So, we, And ever since, you know, we've been back there six six times or something. Okay. So that happened on the first album. Anyway, Ross joined, did Rimshot with Kai Dahlstrom, who could only... We had the studio booked, I think, for three weeks and he, he lasted about ten days and he was like, dudes, you guys are smoking way too much weed. I can't... He couldn't handle them because we were just oh. like... Yeah, smoking joints like non stop. Like, let's listen to it on the big speakers, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, dude, you gotta like. Yeah. So he had another guy come in and finish the tracking, and then he came in at the end and mixed it and just killed it, mate. Wow. Like, I reckon he mixed it really well. Yeah. Because it's really hard. It was fast and oh, dude. hard to get that separation, but he managed to pull it off. Yeah. I'm still really proud of that record. Yeah, I understand. I think that was like a, a turning point, you know. Yeah. And then obviously, um, there was a couple other labels, like Burning Heart, who we really respected, yeah. who, who wanted to put that, that album out, and Revelation in America.
0: So that's that's something that's always interesting to me, because you guys are on the in-flight program
1: yeah, compilation, right. yeah. and
0: that was... So did Rev do that in the US? Like, did Rev... Sorry, did Rev do Rimshot in the US? Yeah, in the US. In, right, in the US. Okay. They
1: licensed it for the US. So. Yeah, right.
0: Because so, I was always wondering how that yeah. kind of came about, because... It was weird. I think Rev. Like, I think because Rev uh, was being your...
1: distributed by Shock.
0: Oh, so they, so they kind of made the favour. Yeah, I think it was, was just a favour. Yeah. thing,
1: like... Shock probably put out Shades Apart or something like that. And, yeah. and they put out Us, you know. Yeah. But we went over there and did a tour and got to play CBGBs. Wow, that's cool. You know, with, yeah. with all these rad bands like Side and Iceburn and all these. Yeah. It was mainly kind of a hardcore label, but for some reason they... Oh,
0: it's the hardcore yeah, label. It's, like and it's, I remember like, yeah.
1: we were getting merch made for the tour. Yeah. When Rim, Rimshot came out. And we were going to go to Canada and, and US with Vandals and a few other things. And they're like, oh, do you want to... If you want, you can put the Revelation logo on the back of your t-shirt. I'm like... Can we just put the revelation logo on the front as well? Just <laughs> 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 that's awesome. So there's body jar shows. Yeah, down so we got body on the front and the revelation logo on the back. That's and fucking I was like, great. This is, we've achieved something. guys. Yes, it's that's you a know, massive like This is a massive thing. Yeah. Like, they don't care if we use their logo, you know, like they want us to. They want us to, yeah. You know? We were like their punk pop sort of thing, I yeah. guess. So they they did ads in Thrasher and like yeah. and and they treated the, the tour seriously. I think they gave us a bit of money. like that album they did on vinyl. Okay. Which is really hard to find. Like, yeah, you I've, can,
0: I've got a mate who spent a lot of money. Yeah, I think it. there's like
1: yeah. five hundred of them or something like that. Yeah. so so that was cool. And and then I I can't remember what we did in Australia. We probably just did some supports and yeah, you know, and, and played played around the traps and you yeah. know. But we had a few yeah international you know victories there. I guess yeah. you know, Japan, America, Canada, and oh yeah, and Southeast Asia. So there's a there's a label called Pony Canyon. Okay. And they wanted to put it out there. So we did a little tour of like Singapore, Thailand and Malaysia, I think. Okay. Which is really weird, just playing these weird venues to... With anybody else? Or just uh, like as in yeah, with there another touring other... band, sorry? No, there was another local band supporting. Okay. I remember it was illegal to stage dive and illegal to mosh and stuff, but they still did it. And it was like armed guards and shit. It was pretty gnarly. Our driver had a, a gun in, in the glove box, like a revolver. <laughs> But there was like yeah. they sold it on cassette, like rimshot on cassette okay. over there. Yeah, so yeah. That was pretty crazy. Yeah. Anyway, so that era kind of finished and then we we're on to the the no touch red yeah. side of things, I guess. Which
0: like in my mind, I mean that's kind of where I jumped on the body jar, I guess, train. Yeah. But like looking back at it, I still feel maybe and maybe it was because that's where I got on, but like there, I feel like it was a massive step in songs. Like, like you yeah. know, the, the writing of songs and the thought that went into songs from... Oh, not, yeah. No, I'm saying not to yeah. sorry, disparage room shot because it's fantastic, but, like, there's yeah. so much more to No Touch yeah. Red. Like...
1: There was, there was. It was like a... It was one of those, uh, I don't know, we just dug down, we had Ross on the drums and we had a jam room that we... Back in Melbourne, we used to jam every week. Yep. And we had a lot of time and we did demos. We did proper demos. For okay. Them. So, yeah, like... And we were determined to, to really make this one work. Yeah. And I remember also we got to record it after a tour. So we did this gruelling tour of Canada, which is fucked in the yeah. back of this van. It was just... That's, so you have got live
0: on the Heart Strange Harvest EP. You've got
1: that's from Rimshot. That's, that's from like CBGB's when we did the Rimshot. Oh, tour.
0: okay. For some reason, I thought it was in Canada. Okay, yeah, bro, right, right.
1: yeah. We have used Canada live tracks, I think, as well. Okay. We played this tour called Snow Jam, which is like walk tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we just, just did this tour with this old girl band called Ten Days Late. Okay. And um, it was cool. They were rad. And um, played with heaps of rad bands, but it was grueling. A lot of driving, and, and we were really worn out. And, um, and then we were going to go straight to the studio in Montreal and record No Touch Red. So it has this kind of rawness about it, this live sort of, because we have just been on the road, like, yeah. and straight to the studio. Were
0: you doing No Touch Red songs yeah. on that tour? Yeah, we were doing them. Yeah, yeah. And I
1: remember even writing them, like, writing them in between yeah. shows and, you know, having to sit down and, okay, what can we do? We, we need another song. Yeah. And then we stayed for a week at the girls' place. They let us stay at the, in their basement and we wrote um, Remote Controller and a couple other songs wow. in their basement, you know. And we jammed them just when we were recording them. And then, Let's see. And then we, had a, we, we made them hire us a jam room and we really played them out. You know, them as in basically shock? Basically only room. one jam.
0: Them as in shock records? So.
1: Uh, no, it was um, the girls up from um, 10 Days Late were oh, like, right. can you get us a jam room? Oh, okay, yeah, cool. Okay. You know, I think they got us a jam room and we, yeah, we just jammed for a couple of days and, and then straight to the studio. Yeah,
3: cool. So without
1: going back to Australia. So in French Canada we stayed in... We recorded No Touch Red in this fucking amazing studio called Marine Heights. I don't know if you... Had, have a look at the history Google okay. it one day Yeah I mean everything was recorded There in the 80s Like the police recorded Synchronicity and uh, Oh wow Yeah you know, Saturday Night Fever Soundtrack Corey Haim <laughs> yes. Like all this shit And it's this 80s. beautiful studio Beautiful yeah. 80s On this lake And you could row to the studio From your From where we were staying In a boat That's pretty yeah, And that's it was snowing yeah. It was just this Amazing time Was it like In the sticks It was way up in the country Yeah okay Yeah. But they They were so professional They had this girl Pick us up from the airport yeah, we flew over from Toronto or something to Montreal, and she's like, "Okay, guys, um, what do you guys need uh, drug wise? Do you want what do you want some hair? Uh, you want some, um, wow. cocaine or or pills or or I'm just like, oh, just get some weed, just yeah. some weed. That'd be great. Simple, shy, she's like, really? You are simple folk. You don't <laughs> want any like you know powders or yeah. like, no no. I was really scared of you know doing that shit. Yeah, you know recording. But the engineer that we had was fucking pounding down just, coke. Yeah the whole time until he was in a coma and we could not fucking wake him up. I remember.
0: Jesus.
1: (sighs) Anyway, but we had, um, Jim Munro who recorded far side rigged, which was a fucking corker album. We stayed in a house on this river. We spent about 40 grand on this album and it took us a lot to get that money out of shock. Yeah. Um,
0: was that the budget? or That was the budget. And we just
1: blew it. We blew it. They were charging us for like mic hire and like crazy shit. We didn't understand. Anyway, that studio, I, I, you know, it got abandoned and, um, People were squatting in it and shit like that. I just read this recently because yeah. I've been researching it a little bit and it's it's a really famous studio. Wow. Someone was going to re, redo it and rebuild it and shit but Too I just love it. all that sort of old, yeah. old shit. But, um, so that album got recorded there. We took it back to Melbourne. Um, we got Bill and Stefan to mix it because yep. we played with Descendants, that's right, straight after re- recording that album. We played with Descendants in Montreal. And this would have been part of the Everything Sucks Yeah, Everything comeback. Sucks tour. Yeah. Yeah. So they're like, you can play with Descendants before you go home. I'm like, Fuck yes the fuck we will. Let's yeah. do it. And so I met up with Bill and Bill, and I told Bill, I'm like, dude, we just finished recording this album. I think it's cool. I think it's a good album. And he goes, right, dude, you, dude, you want someone to mix that shit? I'm like, fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, How much mixed. would it cost to mix? He goes, I'll do the whole thing for like five grand, man. It was like cheap. Well, okay, five cool. grand. Yeah, I think so. We sent him all the two inch tapes. Yep. Um, actually it was recorded On an Otari radar Which is before Pro Tools So it was digital So we had to get them Bounced down to two inch tape Yeah okay And then send him Two inch tape And yeah. then he would send me mixes in the mail on, on cassette Fuck So he sent me A remote controller And said Do you want the snare drum To be like metal Or do you want it To be like danceable <laughs> I remember <laughs> him saying it. that You know yeah. I mean, I want the metal The metal this drum Just calling him or Yeah is he would call like, me He'd Yeah call yeah, me. yeah cool Did you get the tape man What do you think of the yeah. guitars You know like It was a cool man And Jason Livermore Yeah um,
0: So was the blasting room
1: Yeah it was a function Were they
0: yeah, it was, it, they were actually, it wasn't just mixing it, they were recording it. I think that, they, I they think had so. recording, I think, yeah, because well, yeah. it would have been
1: uh, after Pummel, which was the next which, album, yeah, of course, which yeah, is how they made the record with the advance for Pummel, which is how they made the studio, That's yeah,
0: because it was on a major, yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: so they did that with their advance, you know, which, which is was very smart, just genius, yeah, like it's quite clever, quite clever. Expect for, yeah, clever, yeah, clever nerds, yeah, um, fucking great, but uh, and they did a great job mixing it, they made it sound unreal, yeah, so you know, and then we got the tapes back, we needed. Someone we needed, like, we got to a point where, like, Triple J weren't playing us really, that's a little bit, yeah. But it was like, we, we'd be ready if Triple J would play us and we could like tour non stop and just go to all these regional, yeah. And the warp tour happened, so we did the warp tour. Graham Ashton, who was a great, I don't know, record man in yeah. Australia who worked for AMI for years as well, he was working at Shock he liked us, he presented it to Triple J, they put it on a rotation straight away, like,
0: oh control, wow,
1: remote controller. So he got us on, yeah, on Triple J, which was a big breakthrough. Because there wasn't back then, there wasn't. A, I mean, there
0: would have been like some kind of home and hosed, yeah, exactly. local show,
1: but exactly,
0: like the whole you know with Stu Harvey doing short fast loud that, that wasn't was only, around. Yeah, it was like mid two thousands or something. Yeah, it was
1: like a heavy. There was like a heavy ah, oh, fuck show. what's it called? Was it called sh- no? Um, it's on the tip of my tongue.
0: Ho... Do name Andrew Hogue. It
1: Was Andrew Hogue, Yeah, I think he gave it a couple of spins. And yeah, it, cool. You know, but, but it was like, not a
0: really shit time.
1: Yeah, it was a shit time. Yeah. And it was before the punk thing had broke, before Blink182 yeah. and all that. And I think um, just because we were on the warp tour, that's why they did it. Because yeah. he was like, mate, they're playing to like 30,000 people every day on this tour. You've got to add yeah. it, you know? So they did. And that made so much difference, man. Yeah. As soon as we. And that was back in the day when high rotation meant like four times a day. Yeah. Like you right. got flogged, you know? And it was. But
0: you're, but you're now reaching. The beauty of Triple J is that it's everywhere. Yeah. So you're reaching. Weird little towns exactly. Throughout the country Yeah
1: And that's what we wanted to do Like, And that's yeah. what we did We went and played Ulla Dulla And all those yeah, little Because <laughs> we wanted to just Keep touring yeah. you know, And you couldn't do it Unless you had that Triple J yeah. backing Because there's only,
0: there's only So many times you can Go to Sydney yeah, go, go to Melbourne. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Do that thing
1: yeah. So that allowed us To do a lot more shit And um, we sold a few records And uh, uh, we went back to Japan We went back to Europe I think as well
0: Yeah So no But no one licensed it No one picked that up Like in the US Like
1: now, like, no, no one picked it up in the US. Like I
0: think Rev didn't come back,
1: or I don't think so. I think they said they'll put it out if we go back and tour, oh, but right. we didn't want to go back and tour. Yeah,
0: I don't right, think okay. we wanted
1: to. I think we sort of realized then, hey, this, this America thing—it's—it's—we have to move over here if we want to do anything.
0: Yeah,
1: it's too hard. It's a hard nut to crack. It's fun. Yeah, but it costs a lot of money.
0: There's a lot of bands over there. Yeah, trying so to many go bands, insane. and they're willing
1: to kiss a lot more ass than we yeah. were. and we, they're there, yeah, so they don't have there. to. You know. Yeah, and they were fucking. Yeah. Really good as yeah. well, you know, like some of the best bands in the world. Like, yeah. But um, but we did have another crack at America. Okay. But that was wasn't till the, the next album, you know. Yeah. So, but um, but yeah, that no touch of red. That was our our you know sort of. That's when we really sort of took it seriously, if you know what I mean.
0: Yeah. Let's pick a song. Yep. That kind of sums up that part of your that life. Whole,
1: something from Everything Sucks. Dude, dude. I oh, know you. You pick it. I mean, no, okay. I'll, I'll just drop something in. Yeah. Okay. Cool.
0: Yeah, I'll just drop something in. Let yeah, me just yeah, drop yeah. That,
1: that, that was perfect, that.
0: Yeah. yeah. That was sick Cameron Baines um, Thanks I'll keep this one Nice and quick Thanks for listening um, Hope you enjoyed it Didn't keep it too long Because But as I said There will be a part two That's going to come Further down the line um, Hopefully You know Hopefully you enjoyed it Hopefully go back And dig up some old episodes And we'll go from there Cool Have a good one
5: The rich get rich That's how it goes Everybody So many people you just had to meet without your clothes, and everybody knows, everybody knows, everybody knows, everybody knows. that's how it. So oh. And everybody knows that the plague is coming Everybody knows that it's moving fast Everybody knows that the naked man and woman Are just a shining artifact of the past Everybody knows the scene is dead But there's gonna be a meter on your bed That will disclose everybody knows And everybody knows that you're in trouble Everybody knows what you've been through From the bloody cross on top of Calvary To the beach in Malibu Everybody knows it's coming upon One last look at this sacred heart before it blows and everybody knows, everybody. know, that's how it goes.